Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the reign of Josiah as we pick up in 2 Kings, chapter 21, verse 23. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. He reigned for two years. His servants conspired against him and killed him in his own house. And Josiah, his son, began to reign as king in his stead. And Josiah was only eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned for 31 years in Jerusalem. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Now, at this point, you need to read the prophecy of Jeremiah because here is where Jeremiah began his prophecies. And Josiah was a good king as far as spiritual reforms went. However, at this point, the people have been so corrupted as the result of Manasseh that with the people, the born-again movement became a popular movement because the king said he was born again, and so it became a popularized movement among the media, but it wasn't a genuine movement within their hearts. It wasn't a true experience. And so the temple was all of a sudden full of people again. Everybody was a popular vogue thing to do, to go to the temple. And so... God said to Jeremiah, go down to the temple, the gate of the temple, and as the people are passing through into the temple, cry out, trust not in lying vanity, saying the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. It's a lie. It's emptiness. You're not really serving God. And, and of course, Jeremiah got into all kinds of trouble because of the things God told him to tell these kings. He's thrown in dungeons, thrown in the prisons. He ran into a lot of difficulty, but this is when Jeremiah began his prophecy and now to the end of the kingdom, under the four kings, Jeremiah prophesied under Josiah here and then under Jehoiahaz and Jehoiachim and Jehoiakim and uh, and Zedekiah actually, but Jeremiah doesn't mention Jehoiakim because his reign was so short. So this is the period in which Jeremiah is prophesying. And so when you read Jeremiah, you got to bring your mind back to this point of history so that you'll understand better. You know, as you go through the Bible more and more, as you start to put it together, it helps in understanding. You'll understand Jeremiah better if you can put it with this portion of history, and you'll understand this portion of history better if you read the commentary on it by Jeremiah. So that's where the Bible starts coming together and the cumulative knowledge of the Bible begins to really develop and you really begin to understand the thing a lot better. As you take these pieces of the puzzle and you start fitting them together, you begin to get the whole picture. You know, as long as you're just looking at one little piece of the puzzle, you say, man, I wonder where in the world that goes. How does that fit? You know, it's a weird shape and those are weird colors. You know, and and you study it and you can study it for a long time and still not understand it very well. But when you start putting and linking the pieces together and, and the and the faces and, and everything begins to take shape. He says, oh, yeah, I see that. Oh, right, you know, and, and it begins, but you've got to start putting the pieces together. And so, you know, when you get to Jeremiah, put it back to here or jump ahead. Wouldn't hurt you to read Isaiah and Jeremiah this week. Well, you, you know, if you take the time that you're going to spend this week reading the daily newspaper, you could probably read both books. Now, what you're going to gain from reading the 
daily newspaper is deep depression <laughs> and discouragement and despair as you see what a mess the world is in. But if you read Jeremiah and Isaiah, you'll get all kinds of hope. You'll see that even in the darkness, God is there, God is working, and God is promising the light that's at the end of the darkness. So Josiah began to reign. He began in, in, in reforms, the rebuilding of the temple. The temple, of course, under Manasseh had been, you know, he, he put all these altars in the courts and in the temple itself, and they tore all these things out. They, they started cleaning up the temple. They took the money that was brought into the temple, and they used it to begin to repair the breaches that were in the house of the Lord. And as they were repairing the temple, they came across a copy of the law of the Lord. Now, the law had been lost for a long time. They didn't even know the law of the Lord. And some guy came across a copy of the law of the Lord. And so the priests began to read the law of the Lord. And as they began to read, they realized, oh, how we have disobeyed the law of God. It came to pass when the king heard the words of the book of the law that he tore his clothes and he said, Go inquire of the Lord for me and for the people, for all of Judah, concerning the words of this book that you have found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us, because our fathers have not hearkened to the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. So they came to Huldah, the prophetess, who was there with the college of prophets. And she said unto them, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, Tell the man that sent you to me, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon this place, upon the inhabitants, even all the words of the book which the king of Judah has read, because they have forsaken me, and they've burned incense unto other gods that might provoke me to anger and all the works of their hands. Wherefore, my wrath shall be kindled against this place and not be quenched. But the king of Judah, which sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus shall you say to him, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, as touching the words which you have heard, because your heart was tender... And you have humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I spake against this place and against the inhabitants thereof, that they should become a desolation, a curse. And you have torn your clothes and wept before me. I also have heard thee, saith the Lord. Behold, therefore, I will gather thee unto thy fathers, and thou shalt be gathered to thy grave in peace. And thy eyes shall not see all the evil that I'm going to bring upon this place. And so they brought the king, the word of the Lord. So Josiah, he heard the law, and he tore his clothes. He wept before God. Real repentance. Oh, God, you know, what have we done? What have our fathers done? And so inquiring of the Lord through Huldah, the prophetess, he received this message that the nation was going to fall, however, not in the time of his reign. So he ordered that the people be gathered together and that they read the law of the Lord to all of the people. And the king stood by the pillar and he made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and the testimonies and the statutes with their heart and with their soul and to perform the covenant that was written in the book, and all the people stood to the covenant. So the king stood there, and in his heart he said, Okay, God, I'm going to obey you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to serve you, and made his commitment unto God. Very beautiful, beautiful scene. And the people, again, standing with that covenant with the king. And so the king commanded Hilkiah, the high priest, and the priests of the second order, the keepers of the door, to bring forth out of the temple of the Lord all of the vessels that were made for Baal, and for the host of heaven, and he burdened them. 
there in the valley of Kidron in the fields, and he took the ashes on up to Bethel and buried them there. They began to tear down all of the high places, the places of worship and so forth for the pagan gods. And they came on up to Bethel, and they broke down the altar that was there in the city of Bethel that Jeroboam had built to worship in the northern kingdom. And they beat down the altar, and they took the, the graves, and they took the bones out of the graves, and they burned the bones, which was a desecration of the altar. Now, this goes back several hundred years. For when Jeroboam first became the king over the northern Israel, he built this altar in Bethel. And as he was worshiping at the altar, you remember the story of the young prophet that came out of Judah and cried against the altar? O altar, O altar, men's bones will be burned on you. Jeroboam stretched forth his hand and said, Arrest that young man. And his hand withered. And Jeroboam said to him, Pray for me that God will heal me. And the young prophet prayed for Jeroboam and his hand was healed. And you remember that as he, as he said, Jeroboam said, Come and eat at my house and I'll give you rewards. And he said, You know, if you gave me the whole kingdom, I can't stay. For the Lord who sent me here to cry against the altar told me not to eat any bread, drink any water in this place, not even to go home by the way I came. And so he took off. And a couple of boys were there whose dad was a prophet. And they went home and said, Dad, there was a prophet came out of Judah, a young kid. Man, he cried against the king. And the king reached out his hand and told him to rest him. And his hand withered and he prayed and the hand was healed. The dad said, which way did he go? He went down the road that way and he said, get my donkey. And he saddled his donkey and took off after the young man. And he caught up with him and he was sitting there under a tree. And he said, who are you? And he said, are you the young prophet? He said, yes, I am. He said, why don't you come back to my house and eat some bread and drink water? He said, no, the Lord who sent me told me not to drink any water in this place, any bread in this place, but get on home without even going back the same way. And he said, well, I also am a prophet. And the Lord spoke to me and said, come and get you and invite you to come back to my house. So the young prophet listened to the old man had respect for his age and so forth. He listened to him and he came back. And while he was eating bread in the old man's house, the Spirit of the Lord came on the old man and he, and he cursed him. He said, because you have done this and all, you're not going to get home. You're going to die in the way. And so as the young prophet left, a lion uh, attacked him and, and killed him. So news came back to the old prophet that the young man had been killed. And he said, this is the word of the Lord, you know, that he wouldn't get home safely. And so he came out, and the lion was standing there, had not eaten him or torn him, but just left his body there. And the donkey was just sort of roaming around that the kid was riding on. And he picked up the young prophet and brought him back and buried him. You remember the story. So here's the young prophet that cried out against the altar. So as Josiah is up there now tearing down the altar to desecrate it, he burns, they, they see these graves, they take the bones out of them and burn them. That is a way of just really utter disrespect and, and desecration of an altar. Thus the prophecy was fulfilled. And then they saw another grave and they said, what's that tombstone say? And they said, well, that's the young prophet who came up and cried up against the altar. He said, don't, don't take his bones, just leave his bones lie. And so it ties back into the prophecy and so forth of this young prophet. And, and here we come with it again. Back in 1 Kings chapter 13, you'll find the story of that young prophet. 
Moreover, verse, verse 15, the altar that was at Bethel, the high place which Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, he made Israel to sin, had made that altar the high place. He broke down, he burned the high place, stamped it small to powder, burned the grove that was by it. And as Josiah turns himself, he spied the sepulchers that were there in the mount, and he sent and took the bones of the, out of the sepulchers, burned them on the altar, polluted it, according to the word of the Lord, which the man of God proclaimed, who had proclaimed these words. Now Josiah commanded that they keep the Passover. Of course, they had not been keeping the holy days, the feast days, and Passover was coming. And so they had this huge Passover. And in 2 Chronicles, we'll actually get into further details of this huge Passover feast that was instituted by Josiah. The death of Josiah is recorded for us in the beginning with verse 28, how that the king of Egypt had come up against the king of Assyria and how that uh, Josiah went up to battle and he got into the battle at Megiddo and there he was killed at Megiddo and he was brought in his chariot back to Jerusalem and buried. Now Jehoiahaz, his son was 23 years old when he began to reign. He reigned for three months and he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord and Pharaoh put him in bonds and uh, he took, he, he actually took him out and uh, put tribute upon the land and the Pharaoh then made a vassal king, Jehoiakim. And Jehoiakim was just a vassal king to the Pharaoh and he paid the Pharaoh, of course, the tribute that the Pharaoh had demanded. He was 25 years old. He reigned for 11 years. And during this time, Jeremiah is really crying out against the sins of the people. Now, he decided to rebel. Jehoiakim rebelled against the Pharaoh. And the Lord sent the bands of the Babylonians and of the Syrians and of the Moabites. And again, now the same kind of thing that happened to Israel. When the weakness of the nation was displayed, then all of the nations began to attack. It's dangerous for a nation to display weakness because it gives courage to all of the other nations to attack. So Jehoiakim died and his son Jehoiachim. And of course, this is, gets a little difficult. You have Jehoiahaz, Jehoiakim, Jehoiachin. And uh, it, it gets a little difficult to follow. Jehoiachin reigned in his stead. And during his reign, Nebuchadnezzar came, conquered Jerusalem, and took 10,000 captives back to Babylon. And this is where you might read the book of Daniel. For Daniel was one of the 10,000 that was taken in this first captivity back to Babylon. And Daniel was one of the princes. He was actually related to David. He was of the family of David, the royal family of David. He was taken as a captive to Babylon and was groomed in the, in the Babylonian schools in order that he might serve in the court of Nebuchadnezzar. 
He became a great statesman in the Babylonian kingdom. He became a great statesman and leader in the subsequent Medo-Persian Empire. And so this brings us now into Daniel. So we're beginning to work the prophets into this particular period of history. The Babylonians made Zedekiah the king, and he was 21 years old when he began to reign. He reigned for 11 years. And he rebelled against Nebuchadnezzar. And so Nebuchadnezzar made his second invasion in which he besieged Jerusalem, and he then broke down the walls of the city he broke down and set on fire the temple of God and all of the houses within Jerusalem, the king's palace. The king, of course, himself, just before they, the Babylonians had encircled Jerusalem, and the king and a company of men sought to escape during the night, and they went out one of the gates and they fled towards the wilderness, but the Babylonians pursued after them, caught them near Jericho, and there Zedekiah's sons were killed before him, and as soon as they, he watched them kill his sons, then they poked out his eyes, and they carried him captive to Babylon, and Zedekiah died in Babylon. And it was an, there is an interesting prophecy in Jeremiah chapter 32 concerning Zedekiah, how that he would be led, indicating blindness, unto he said he would see his sons die and he would be led captive to Babylon. And so that prophecy of Jeremiah was fulfilled. Now, they left only the very poorest people in the land to keep the vineyards and so forth. The rest were all taken captive or killed. Uh, they put a fellow, Gedaliah, in charge, sort of the governor over the land, but some of the people, after a while, conspired against Gedaliah. They assassinated them. They assassinated Gedaliah. And so then they became frightened. They, they realized that when Nebuchadnezzar hears about this, he's going to send and wipe all of us out. And so the remnant of the people that were left fled on down into Egypt. And thus you have the death of Judah, another nation that had been a mighty nation another nation that had known the power of God, another nation that was created by God. And as long as God was at the center of the nation, they were strong and victorious. But when they failed and turned from God, they became destroyed by their enemies and the nation ceased to exist as such. Now, for 70 years, Jeremiah prophesied they would be in Babylon in captivity. And again, you really need Jeremiah as a background to this particular period of history. Also, of course, now as you get into Babylonian captivity, you need the prophecies of Ezekiel and Daniel and so forth. And uh, so uh, these, these all are good background for this particular point of history. As we start into the books of the chronicles of the kings of Judah, you remember that all the way through from 1 Samuel till now, we have been reading, and the rest of the acts, are they not recorded in the chronicles of the kings of Judah? So you're going to get further details 
on a lot of the kings of Judah, not on the kings of Israel. We do not have the chronicles of the kings of Israel. But these are more or less the official court records, the court documents that record the reigns of the kings, their accomplishments and, and all, as we get into chronicles. So in a sense, it is going to be going over the same period of history from Saul to Zedekiah as we deal with the kings of Judah. But yet we will get further insight and details on many of the kings. Much of the insight and detail is very valuable and very interesting, and I think you'll enjoy the books of First and Second Chronicles as we deal now with the chronicles of the kings of Judah. And so uh, your assignment, of course, is to go ahead and start reading First Chronicles along with Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, and Jeremiah. Might as well be smart. No premium on being done. return with more of our verse-by-verse -verse Bible study in the book of 1 Chronicles on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order 2 Kings 21 through 25 when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is the Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse -verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord give you an especially good week this week. Oh, may God deliver you from the power, the strong power of your own fleshly desires that would drag you down and cause you to live like other men in the world around. But may you live a life that is pleasing unto the Lord. May you stand with Josiah before the law of the Lord and make a covenant to obey God and to follow after God and to serve Him with your whole heart and soul. And may God anoint you and give you that strength that you need to fulfill the commitment that you made. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Through the course of the years, you, our radio listeners, have provided us with valuable feedback as to what has impacted you the most, or what has moved you spiritually in your walk with God. So it's with great pleasure that The Word for Today is pleased to offer you a collection of all-time favorites entitled Pastor Chuck Smith's Most Requested Bible Studies. 
These messages were selected from thousands of studies that were recorded live at Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa over the past 40 years. They represent the very best Bible studies by Pastor Chuck Smith. Every message is dynamic and filled with rich insights as Pastor Chuck expounds upon relevant issues on a variety of topics related to the Christian faith. This series will strengthen and inspire you to diligently study the Word of God and apply it to your life. You can order a copy of Pastor Chuck's most requested Bible studies available on MP3 by calling the Word for Today at 1-800-272-9673 or visit us online at thewordfortoday.org.